everyone, and welcome to season two of Travel Unpacked. Two seasons, guys. I so lifelong dream. I've always dreamed of being on something that would run for a second season. So I'm so glad we got picked up. We got picked up for a second season by Colette. That's so great. <laughs> we couldn't have done it without you guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yes. And I'm so excited because today we're going to talk about new things, new tours for 2024 and 2025. So the new year, right now, it's it's kind of a busy time at Colette. And when we hit a new year of travel, we're coming out of a little bit of a quiet time during the holidays. Then when the new year hits, like we hit the ground running. Our product team is already thinking about 2026, basically. And our team's already looking at, you know, putting together our brochures for next year. We're looking at the new tours that are launching. And that's what we're here today to talk about. It's a fun time, but Kelsey, you probably know this better than anyone. On the product side of things in particular, you're usually inside of about three different product seasons, like three different mm. and like years, right? Yeah. I used to joke about that all the time and it wasn't even a joke, but you would be setting something up for the following year. So if I was doing it right now, I'd be setting something up for May of 2025, but I would also be focused on the tour that's operating right now. And then I would also be working with the accounting team who were paying the invoices for tours that just ran in November and December of 2023. So on a daily basis, I would ask people what year it is. I'm just trying to focus on what I'm going to do this weekend. What year is it? It is 2024. We're only a few days in. Have you caught yourselves yet, assuming it's 2023? Of course. Yeah. I keep talking about things I'm going to do next year, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's this year. This it's year is 2024. The worst is just trying to like write out the date. That's why I always write 23, scratch it out, 24. It's so exciting to see the list of new tours that are coming out. You know, we have our tried and trues, like our Italian vistas and our Ireland's and Scotland's, but then I just took a look at the list of new tours for 24 and 25, and I'm pretty sure that my my bucket list just grew tenfold. There are so many neat new tours that I have to go on. I'm trying to figure out how I can get on the ground reviews, how I can get on the ride-alongs, just to make sure that they're operating exactly as we intend. No, Kelsey, you need to see a moose this year. I do need to see a moose. Where is that going to be? I don't know, but you went on a moose safari. You did not see a moose. That was on your bucket list. I think we need to focus on the things that 2023 did not end up doing for you and add it to the list. 2023 wasn't my favorite year. So maybe I'll choose a new animal in this year and we'll just move forward. Maybe it's going to be like a buffalo. I think it should be like a prairie dog. That's my choice for you. I've seen a prairie dog. (laughs) If it's a deer, you can just come look in my backyard. They're always there. So one thing we talked about last year was Black Friday. And we were talking about what we thought was going to sell as we go into the new year and what was going to be big sellers. Does anybody kind of remember what you had mentioned as your seller? I believe I was putting a lot of faith in Japan. It's trending, it's popular, and I thought that it would do pretty well and people would show a lot of interest. I think I said Africa, but I'm pretty sure it was left on the editing room floor. So I think if we go back and listen, I probably been the one that said Africa and that got into the episode. So <laughs> yeah. yep. So we are going to unveil now that the big winners were South Pacific and Africa. Africa were two big winners of Black Friday. We saw that people were just gravitating towards booking those tours. They were a lot of them in our top 10. But do you know what our number one tour was sold during Black Friday? Wilderness of Southern Africa. That was in the top 10. I believe that was number nine, but- Italian Vistas. Italian Vistas, same. Two years in a row, it is the number one seller during the Black Friday time. That tour has been popular probably in our top 10 for most of the last decade. It's just tried and true. It's a popular like fan favorite for sure. 
Well, it hits all the right conic sites that everybody needs to see when they get to Italy. So it's a good starter tour when you're starting with Guided. And one thing we noticed too during uh, the Black Friday sale was explorations. Our small group product was just, I would say, flying off the shelves, but we don't have shelves where our tours are. But they were they were definitely selling like crazy because people want to go out and experience that small group. You know what is so great about the explorations is that it's lesser known regions. So, you know, people have done like the Italian vistas and they loved Italy so much they want to go back, but they don't want to repeat what they already saw. So let's go have some lemons in Amalfi or Puglia or, you know, get off the beaten path. And I that's what the explorations are just so perfect for. It's fun. It's different. That's why I think people take these tours is they want the bra- those bragging rights, that stuff that you would do not with a large group. And the stuff that you might not even do if you're on your own, that's what kind of makes it unique. You get to eat with locals, go in their homes, talk to them, make these connections and build that camaraderie and have these experiences that will annoy your friends for the rest (laughs) of your lives because you'll constantly be bringing it up. You too can be that friend who says, well, that one time when I was in Puglia. That one time that I saw that moose. Except she didn't. I may may have seen a moose. I have no idea. My heart. I'm sorry, Kelsey. I want you to see a moose. That's why I'm saying don't take it off your bucket list. Don't lose hope. So I went to Morocco in November, and I would love everybody's input on this. I went to Morocco. On my bucket list, it says run a camel through the desert. Like run. Because I'm a big fan of the mummy, and there's that one scene where all of them are racing towards the pyramids, right? So I got to ride a camel in the desert in Morocco, but they wouldn't let me run no matter how much I begged. So does it does it get marked off the bucket list or does it have to stay unchecked? Let I me know what your thoughts are. Me personally, I think you get like a little tick mark, but you don't get the full check. You know, Josh plays by the rules in, in mm. these games. and The only person I would be cheating is myself in this, so doesn't matter. Listen, She's ruthless today. I know. I don't know what it is. It's the new year. Coming off the holidays, I think new I'm year, just like, Nicole. I'm sleep deprived. If I get some rest, I'll be better. I promise. But I'd say it counts, Kelsey, because you got on that camel in the desert and you just, maybe you were running in your heart. That's just stretching it a little too much. <laughs> Saying you're ruthless. I am. But we all know that. What about 2024? Who has any plans to travel this year already? I have two locations. We're going as a family to Greece. We're going to go to Athens, Mykonos, Santorini for two weeks. And then we're taking my mom away for her 60th birthday last year. We're taking her on the countryside of the Emerald Isle. So I'll get to experience a small group tour in Ireland. That's so nice. I have not done that tour. I think I've only done Shades. That's such a beautiful one. You're going to love that. Well, we're doing for the my children's February vacation. It's going to be their first time going to Disney. I'm learning kind of the ins and outs of planning a Disney vacation. It's it's a whole thing. But they've never been. My youngest is six. My oldest is 11. It feels like it's the right time to try that. But I'm really excited to go to Costa Rica. So I started working at Colette in 2006 in the marketing department as a writer. And I remember somebody having these little name tags, like it was next to our name tags in our cubicles. You could fill out where was your dream destination. And I'd been writing about all different places in the world. And Costa Rica was the place when I wrote about it. I'm like, I have to go there someday. It sounds like paradise. It sounds larger than life and beautiful and wonderful. And it was like, that's the place I want to go. I've been to a lot of places with Colette. I've been, I mean, I've been traveling with Colette my whole life, but I've also, since I've started, been to Egypt and to Italy. I've guided tours in Italy. I've been to a variety of locations. I have yet to go to Costa Rica. I don't know why. And I think my kids are old enough to do some of these trips. So a little trepidation about traveling with them. But at the same time, Costa Rica is a dream and I'm excited to check the box off with all of them and my husband. 
we will be checking off the box of zip lining in Costa Rica. I will definitely zip line. I have skydived, I have bungee jumped, and now I want to add zip lining. And I want to say it was our first episode ever where we talked about which is the scarier of the bungee or the skydiving. And now I'm going to add zip lining to it because it looks like it's probably a little terrifying or exhilarating or both. So I'm curious to see if it feels like bungee jumping and skydiving. And Kelsey, where are you traveling to? So working for a travel company, I get to travel quite a bit um, but for work. And my husband is just is not a fan of me going without him. So for Christmas, what I did was I gave him a card and I said, here are three destinations. You can have Montana, Canada or Italy. You pick the destination and I will handle everything else. So he picked Montana, which is really great. We are simpatico, obviously, because I've been talking about it all year. And I am going to plan everything. And we're going to go at the end of June. I already started planning it. I found some really great teepees in Yellowstone and the under the canvas tents in Glacier National Park. So I'm so excited. It is going to be such a rustic, rugged outdoor vacation full of stars and a new animal for the year. Moose are so 2023. And in 2024, it's all about the bison. That's so great. <laughs> so bison's your animal. Okay. Maybe there are moose in Montana. I feel like it's the right fit. Oh, that's exciting, Kelsey. So it's great that everyone has their plans set for 2024. And I'm sure there'll be, I think we're all speaking to kind of the first half of 2024. So plans will get added. But we're traveling. We're seeing such a surge in travel. It's exciting. And we have a lot of new tours as well. And I'm so excited to welcome our guest. And I can't wait to see where she's planning on traveling in 2024. So I want to welcome Diana, who is our Senior Director of Product Marketing here at Colette. And Diana, you've been here for 10 years and you started out as a product manager for Northern Europe. So we can't wait to talk to you. So welcome. Hey, Nicole, Kelsey, Josh. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Hi. We're excited to have you. Thanks for the invite. I'm in the in crowd now. So we discussed, you know, where we're going this year, Disney, Montana, Greece. What about you? Do you have any plans yet set for 2024? Costa Rica. Don't forget, I'm going to Costa Rica finally. Oh, exciting, Nicole. So I might be going to Costa Rica as well, but even more exciting, I think I'm going two and a half hours north to Vermont. So we have, yes, thrilling, thrilling. I actually do love Vermont. It's one of my favorite places on earth, but we have a two and a half year old and a eight month old. And so I had wanted to go over to Europe and do a week in Amsterdam or a week in Florence or a week in Paris or something. And my husband reminded me of how lovely and wonderful and relaxing it would be to drag an eight month old through the Louvre or the Musée d'Orsay or trying to figure out how to navigate a bike with a toddler in Amsterdam. So I think we're going to, for the foreseeable future, do the young parent USA National Park staycation thing, which I am, I'm going to embrace. I'm going to love this. Do you think you're going to see any moose? when you're up there. I think you got to go to Maine for moose. Maybe I will do that in the spring. You can take a moose safari in Maine. Diana, it's on my bucket list to see a moose in the wild. So on Columbus Day weekend, I planned a beautiful trip up to Maine. We went to Greenville, which was the the Moosehead Lake region. And I booked a moose safari and we spent like four and a half hours in a truck with some guide. And I saw zero moose. And I came home and I had scarlet fever and I thought I was going to die. And I didn't see a moose. So that's really funny that you say that. My dogs are both from Vermont though. So I like Vermont. It's beautiful. 
Vermont's a great place. It's amazing. So my husband got me a gift certificate to a nice hotel up there for Christmas. I think we'll head on up, enjoy the snow, enjoy the winter wonderland that is that state. So those are my exciting travel plans for 2024. You know, I gotta say, you seem very excited about Amsterdam or the Louvre or going overseas, but there is so much to see in North America that's still really exciting. I'll tell you that one of my favorite trips that I've ever taken was the national parks. So we did Zion, Bryce, the Grand Canyon, and Arches, and hands down, one of my favorite trips I've taken. So much to see in the US. You know, it's it's interesting. You talk to people in Europe, and they're always surprised that, well, I don't know what the stat is now, but for a while, it was less than 50% of Americans had passports. I think it was actually only about a third of Americans had passports, and they couldn't believe that. But when you come to the US and you realize the diversity of culture, the diversity of of landscape, the diversity of environment, everything from Hawaii to Alaska to Vermont to Florida, Texas, and everything in between, including the national parks. You can do so much here and never leave this amazing country. And speaking of the national parks, we have two amazing new products that are coming online in 2025 that focus just on Utah's parks, which are unbelievable and definitely bucket list items for individuals who may not even be interested in the national parks. They're just unbelievable natural sites and places to visit. And then of course, the sequoias out in California in Kings Canyon as well, which the the redwood forests and these giant sequoia trees, if you haven't seen one, that is, it is a bucket list item for any American, in my opinion, they are unbelievable. And they're trees, like who would probably get so excited to see a tree? But these things are very, very cool. And it's interesting too, Diana, in talking about new tours. So I know Josh or or Kelsey had mentioned your prior, like before coming into your product marketing role, your product design role, that you have a lot of experience uh, over a decade of building tours. So when we talk about new tours, I think what a lot of people don't realize is sort of the process from beginning to end on what that entails from a design perspective. Just as a quick question, what was your favorite experience, I'd say, creating a new tour, the thing you liked most about it? And also, what do you like least about it? Good question. My favorite thing about designing a new tour was finding new stories to tell. And typically those stories revolved around people and heritage and culture. And most of our new tours go into parts of the world that we don't have itineraries to yet. And so as you were heading out on the road and bringing these tours to life, you were finding ways to tell the story of the place that you were in. And in doing that, met so many amazing new people. And I've said this before, as the more you travel, the more you realize that, yes, we are very, very different, but we're also so, so similar in terms of our shared values and hopes and dreams. But one of the hardest things about designing a new tour is trying to balance what your expectations and your passion and love of a destination is to pair that and to to look at that against what we know our travelers love and value. So for example, let's take a moose safari. You know, Kelsey loves her moose safaris and she may be going out and designing a new tour to Maine and say, oh, we absolutely must have a moose safari. We'll have to wait till all of our travelers come back 
to know that, you know what, amongst our like-minded people that take our tours, moose safaris just aren't where it's at. It's not something that they enjoy. So that was definitely one of the challenges. If the moose doesn't show up, what do you do? So does that mean that you are consistently reading traveler feedback to make changes on new tours? All tours, new tours, existing tours. We design our tours, both the the ones that we've had for, for decades and decades, but also new product with a deep understanding of what our travelers are looking for. And we know who our travelers are. We move so many travelers around the world every single year. We read almost every single survey and every single comment and really have a finger on the pulse of who our travelers are, what they value, what they want to prioritize when they're in a different destination. And so we lead with that in developing our new product, which is why our new tours in terms of overall traveler happiness, you know, are right there on par with some of the tried and true tours that we've had forever because our traveler knowledge is so solid. So how do we decide where our new tours are going to be? What region, what cities? Very sophisticated process. We put a bandana around our senior vice president of product development's head and spin her around four times and have her throw darts at a map. <laughs> and that is how we determine where we're going in the future. No, that, that's not it at all. It's, it's oftentimes feedback from our travelers, what we're seeing trending in the marketplace. So you know, we too look at, you know, the Condé Nast or the travel and leisure top trending destinations and read those and see where it is that people want to go. And also most of the time, actually, I'd say the people that design our tours are travelers and their free time when they're using their vacation days, they are hitting the road and exploring new places. And they're taking that knowledge back, taking that passion back and making recommendations on where we should be going. So as we start talking about new product, you kind of tease some out a little bit ago, but I'm really excited to really dive in now because we have so much that has been released, you know, for 2024 that is new. And then we have some coming up for 2025. But I want to kick it off with one of my favorite locations, a destination that I've had the opportunity to go to just this year. This is really centered around one of the hottest travel destinations of the summer. The coastline spans about 28,000 miles and touches three continents. Anybody have any guesses on where that is? That is the Mediterranean. So I thought we would talk about our Mediterranean tours now and, you know, kind of like what we are considering here with our group, the Mediterranean Escapes. So, you know, what's so exciting about the Mediterranean? We have amazing product to the Mediterranean, and it probably is the diversity of that region in, in every sense of that word, diversity. And that is why we have such a breadth of product over the two years, 2024 and 2025, coming out in this particular part of the world. Josh, I had no idea it spanned three continents. So let's backtrack and go through this. So it's Europe, Asia with the Middle East, and then North Africa. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. It's Look at that geography knowledge. <laughs> geography knowledge. You win, you win the trivia for this one. I would hope I'd win that. This is what I do for a living. I should probably win that. But wow, yeah. So we do have a ton of tours coming out. One of my favorites that I'm really hoping to get on, I try to ride at least one tour a year if I can, is our Mediterranean coastal journey. So that is uh, new for 2023. So finishing off its first year, it has rave reviews. It starts in Spain, in Barcelona, and, the, and goes through the coast of Brava and does really the the Mediterranean Riviera, the Rivieras of Spain, France, and then into Italy. And the tour spends an unbelievable amount of time and attention around the Mediterranean diet, which we've heard so frequently, you know, on talk shows and the news, this is the best diet, this is the way that you're supposed to eat. But actually, what's so fascinating is in the Mediterranean, the diet isn't actually just about the food, it's about the social aspect and the community aspect of eating. So, you know, when I talk to my parents and aunts and 
and uncles sometimes, people of an older generation, they reminisce about Sunday dinners and things like that. They still do that in this Mediterranean coastal area where, but it's not just on Sundays. You know, they get together for lunch and for breakfast as, you know, either families or communities, you know, for, for many meals a week. And so this type of experience we've peppered into the itinerary so that our travelers, in addition to eating some of the most delicious food on the planet in these different Mediterranean countries, we also are diving headfirst into this whole community and social aspect of dining and what that means. So I'm really, really excited to experience that. And per our travelers, they're absolutely loving it. It's it's a little bit nostalgic, I guess. So speaking of food, what is your favorite Mediterranean dish? Ooh, that is a tough one. Probably you got to go pesto. And this tour stops in Genoa, which is the home of pesto. I mean, what isn't to love about it? Pine nuts, some Parmesan cheese, olive oil, and basil. All day. All day I'll take that. That's my husband's least favorite. Testo? Um, oh, I know. I don't understand. Yeah, we, we do the, this. you know, that Riviera region of Italy. It's the home of pesto. Parmesan cheese isn't too, too far from there in Parma, Italy. And then, oh, the other thing that's from there. Oh, focaccia. Tell me that your husband doesn't hate focaccia. He can Gosh. eat focaccia all day. Okay. Yeah. So we got pesto. We got focaccia. I mean, I need to get on this tour. You do need to get on this tour. You're making me yeah. hungry. But the cool thing too, that's awesome about this tour. And one of the things that I'm so excited about that Colette brought to life, and I was saying earlier, so many of our new tours get developed based on where people on our team go on vacation is, you know, Marseille is one of these places that, you know, 30, even 20 years ago, people would think you were crazy if you were going there. They'd say, you're going where? Like that's kind of a sketchy, seedy port city. It is now one of the hippest places in France. It's where, you know, the, the cool French people go on vacation and ditto for for Genoa, these port cities really are becoming hubs of culture, hubs of culinary, you know, culinary institutions. Some of the hottest chefs in Europe are opening up restaurants there. And it's very exciting to see the transformation that's taking place there in, in some of these port cities. So we have purposefully included them on our itineraries. And we were nervous. Certain members of our teams were saying, who's going to want to take these tours to these cities? Travelers are loving it because it's also where the typical tourist isn't. The people that are going on vacation to these cities are mostly very savvy, well-traveled Europeans. And I think that is... I think it's so neat that that's what we're starting to focus on. Yes, it's exciting. And it's what we're hearing from our travelers that they want and in a significantly slowed down pace too. So for all of our new tours, we have a new tour coming out to Portugal, Old World Charms, 2025. Portugal isn't a huge country, as most people know, just looking at a map. And the tour spends three days in three cities. It's nine nights total. So the pacing there is three, three, three. And it pairs Lisbon and the Douro Valley, which are two super popular areas with three nights in the Portuguese. Portuguese countryside and in an area of Portugal that really only the locals go. And so that's where you have these local experiences. So slowing the tours down, taking more regional focuses, you know, even the Med Coastal Journey tour that we were talking about earlier. Yes, it goes from Spain all the way over to Italy, but you're only doing the coastline. So it's a slow down pace, allowing you to spend time in the destinations and not traveling between them. I think this is a really great transition to talk about this new Greece tour, because this completely seems like it's not in a touristy area. Tell us about that one. Yes, the new Greece tour is amazing. So it's visiting lesser known Greek islands. I mean, who doesn't want to go to the Greek islands? And then these lesser known Greek islands, again, the islands where locals go 
on vacation. And I was talking to our designer a few weeks ago about this tour. We're taking the the public ferry transportation to get from island to island to island. So very excited about that, slowing down, getting to know the country, getting to know, you know, while, while Mykonos and Santorini are amazing, your opportunity to engage with locals there in a meaningful way, you know, people other than shopkeepers and wait staff at a restaurant is difficult because it's such a popular area. Again, most of the people that you're going to meet in those two islands, as lovely as they are, are probably travelers, you know, fellow travelers, where visiting places like the lesser known areas in Crete and, and Naxos and some of these smaller islands, you really are engaging with locals everywhere. It's like going to the set of Mamma Mia, both movies, and just kind of diving in. It's a yes. of mine anyway. Totally. Totally. I love that journey for you. Mamma Mia. Come find <laughs> out about our new tours. We got our new marketing plan for it. That's a very it. exciting one. So another one, too, you yeah. talk about kind of slowing things down a little is is Spotlight, because we have a new Spotlight on Sorrento and the Amalfi Coast coming out in 2025 as well. Yes. That's another gem of the world, the Amalfi Coast. And that tour, we're purposely focusing the majority of the department in the slower season because the Amalfi Coast is bumping in the summertime. It's not that you don't want to go there in the summer, but if you had a choice to go there in a slower time, you know, if you're there in November, it's still 60 degrees. I'll take it. We're about to have what was it this morning, Nicole? 14 degrees where we live? I mean, 60 degrees in the winter. I will definitely take that. And it's so much quieter. So yes, we have a new spotlight on Sorrento and the Amalfi Coast. And you unpack once, hub and spoke to all of these amazing towns on the coastline and really get a, a deep understanding of this little corner of Italy that is so, so magical. A lot of, again, culinary experiences kind of has to be you're in Italy, right? You know, visiting a limoncello factory, getting over to the Isle of Capri. And so very, very excited about that. I foresee that being an itinerary that sells out pretty quickly. What are some of the culinary things that people can look forward to on this tour? Well, of course, in in this region of the world, the, the Amalfi Coast, it's all about the limoncello. This is where it comes from. So limoncello is a must, but then probably even more important than that is the original Neapolitan pizza. So if you go to Naples, this is in their purview, this is the only pizza in the world. So I have to ask here, are you guys, you know, the traditional Neapolitan thin crust wood fired pizza people? Are you deep dish? Are you, I don't know, you might get voted out of, if you tell anyone in Italy that you put pineapple and ham on a pizza, they they will throw <laughs> you out of the country. It, it is grounds for deportation over there. It's kind of funny. I, I, I believe Rhode Island has like the highest percentage of Italians in like the country. So we've a lot of Italian restaurants. We have a beautiful Italian neighborhood called Federal Hill. My husband's from New Jersey and he makes fun of our pizza here a lot, but partly because we have bakery pizza and it is a Rhode Island delicacy. A party pizza. It's so good. Yeah, it's party pizza. It's cold. <laughs> it has no cheese, just the red sauce and, and crust, but it's so yummy and it's definitely, it's part of Rhode Island culture. But no, I, I don't like deep dish. I like thin crust. To answer I agree. I am not going to do a deep dish. I am a Neapolitan pizza person. All day, all the way. We actually have a tour manager, Dario, who was handing out stickers at our last meeting that said, I had a little picture of a pizza with pineapple on it and it had the big red circle with the slash through it. And he was very Italian. He was condemning anyone who said that this was okay. So Diana is 100% correct. No pineapple on pizza, please. And I will eat pineapple on pizza, but I will also eat the thin crust. I am a pizza every day, everywhere, any kind of type. And I even bought a wood fire pizza oven to try. Hopefully I'll get better at it this summer because last summer I just burnt a lot. 
So earlier, Diana, you said, I don't know who's going to get so excited about trees, but it's me. It's Kelsey. I am so obsessed with trees. Anybody who knows me can attest to this. So I was going through the list and I see that there is a Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks tour coming up. Tell me about that. Yes, super excited about this tour. So this is in Southern California where it's touring around and it is your opportunity to walk amongst giants. It really does focus around these incredible towering sequoias, which are a national treasure for anyone living in the United States. It is magnificent in every single sense of that word. And so we we spend our time in Sequoia and King Canyon National Park where there's unbelievable biodiversity. So if you are someone who both loves the national parks, loves being outdoors, this is the itinerary for you. And what's even more exciting is our tour managers who are leading this tour, this is what they eat, sleep, and breathe, is these national parks and is the biodiversity that is there. So it's such an incredible learning opportunity for our travelers as well. And again, giving them the time to spend in the parks was a priority in developing these itineraries. This is definitely a tour for me. Seeing a sequoia tree is actually on my bucket list. They're unbelievable. And you know, you can see them in the Pacific Northwest as well. I I haven't been to Sequoia or Kings Canyon, but I have seen the trees in the Pacific Northwest and didn't really think much of it. You're like, okay, yeah, we're going to go see these trees. Great. I cannot wait to bring my entire family back. And I'm like, we are going, we're going to go camping. I want to spend a whole week just surrounded by this unbelievable nature. They are hundreds and hundreds of years old, hundreds and hundreds of feet tall. I'd hate to be there if one fell down, but definitely, I mean, just so, so amazing. And so I'm very, very excited about this. Our national parks tour that goes to the Redwood Forest up in the Pacific Northwest is one of the most popular. We have, I think, almost 80 departures a year. Most of them fill up. It is a bucket list item for everyone, which is why we put a itinerary so heavily focused on this unbelievable national treasure at the Grand Sequoias as, you know, a new product. And Kelsey, unlike the moose where you didn't see, you will have a 100% chance of seeing the Sequoia trees if you go on this tour. They are a captured audience. Yes. And you know what our our tour managers do on this tour? I don't know if every tour manager does, but or not on this tour. We do it on the Pacific Northwest, but I'm sure the tour managers on this tour will do it as well. Is, you know, you're in California or you're in Oregon, wherever, areas known for the wine. And one of the parks that we visit is right around kind of happy hour. And so they they bring some bottles of wine, they bring some portable glasses, and they'll just give you, they call it a sip and saunter through the national park. So you're drinking your unbelievable Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, surrounded by amazing nature. It's very lovely. That is the life. so serene. It is the life, yes. So Dan, I'm really excited. If we move a little bit further north, we have the Canadian Rockies and Alaska's Inside Passage. And I think this is going to be an epic adventure for everybody. And I don't know if you want to kind of talk about that and what our guests can experience there. Josh, you nailed it. Epic is the word. This is two trips of a lifetime in one. And it is an extremely popular itinerary. Tens of thousands of people take it every single year. So we're exploring the Canadian Rockies by rail, which Let's be honest, if you're going to go to the Rockies, this is kind of the way that you want to go. 
you sit back, relax, you look out of these unbelievable dome cars. And of course, because you're going on a Colette tour, when you are in the Canadian Rockies, you're staying at the Fairmont properties. You are staying at the Fairmont Lake Louise, which is unbelievable. You're staying at the Fairmont Banff Springs. So two must hotels, taking the Rocky Mountaineer train, the guides that are there are unbelievable. We, when I did it, we upgraded to Gold Leaf, which is definitely a recommendation I make for everyone. You have, there's a, a man or a woman that comes around about every hour and they bring you warm cookies and your seats are also heated, which is just fantastic. I mean, we were talking about living the life that is living the life. So that was great. It was such an incredible journey ending in Vancouver and Vancouver's a beautiful, beautiful city, particularly in the summertime, which is when this tour runs. And then you're getting on a, a cruise ship and you're heading up to arguably the best scenery in North America, which is Alaska's Inside Passage. It is, it's just breathtaking. It, it takes your breath away. And so we're stopping in these little villages of Ketchikan, Juneau, which is the capital, which is teeny. It's only accessible by train or by, by boat. I don't actually think that you can drive into Juneau. And so exploring these small little towns, and it's just very, very special. So we are extremely excited about this particular itinerary. This seems like one of those tours that no picture will do it justice. I've been to Lake Louise and I kept trying to take a picture of like those two logs in front of the lake with the mountain behind it. And no matter which direction I did it from, it just, I couldn't capture the ultimate breathtaking beauty that it has. And I can imagine that the entire trip feels that way. Absolutely. And you know, as much as Alaska is a highlight and it's beautiful for me, I, I've been, I've done both parts of this tour. It is the Canadian Rockies, but to your point, Kelsey, I'll, I'll never forget standing just outside of Lake Louise actually, and trying to, with my camera, capture these mountains and they just felt so small looking at the picture, you know, compared to what you're looking at right in front of you. This is the glory of nature brought to life in, in the most epic of ways. So we're very, very excited to be launching this tour in 2024. One of the tours that I'm super excited about is the Grand Tour. Is that what it's called, right? The Grand Tour of Europe, because it just feels old fashioned. It makes me think of like Roman Holiday, Audrey Hepburn. It just puts me in a mindset looking at the art and the, the beauty that's just all throughout Europe. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I honestly, I, I feel like you said you want to get on the Mediterranean coastal journey. I would love to get on this tour. Yes, this is another great one. And it's funny you said it feels a little bit historic. That was the idea of it. So I'm watching right now on, I think it's on HBO. It's called The Gilded Age. I'm secretly 70 years old and like to go to bed at nine o'clock after watching this show. But the Vanderbilt, so this is based off of the Vanderbilt, their son just came back from his European grand tour. This is what inspired it. People used to head over to Europe. It took forever to get there. You were taking a steamship and they would spend months journeying around to the capital cities of Europe. Now we are not spending months journeying around to the capital cities of Europe, but we are spending several days in all of these iconic cities. And so this is what inspired the tour. Another tour that I have to tell you guys about is the tour we have going to the Balkans. If you have not been to the Balkans, you are missing out. Whether you are a seasoned traveler or new to exploration, this is an incredible, incredible part of the world, which for many, many people, they probably thought they would never get there. You know, in the 90s, we were hearing about the siege of Sarajevo on the BBC, and it was it was very dark. This is now quickly becoming one of Europe's trendiest places to visit. So we have a new itinerary that's pairing the best of Croatia, heading up into Bosnia and Herzegovina. I have had the privilege of going to Sarajevo four times. It is one of my favorite, favorite cities. 
We do so much there to engage with the local people. And you have the opportunity to ask, what was it like to live through that siege? We do a home-hosted dinner where our hosts actually lived in the city through the siege. And it's wild to hear their stories. And it's very much living history. I was a young child, but I still vividly remember the siege of Sarajevo. Of course, the entire tour isn't all doom and gloom. We head down to Greece. We actually get into Montenegro, which is so incredible. You know, Europe now, it's there's never a bad time or a bad place to go to Europe. But sometimes you just don't want to be with a lot of people and lots of crowds. And you want something that feels yours that, you know, I'm going to go home and tell people about this place and no one's going to really know what I'm talking about there, but they're going to maybe be a little bit jealous and definitely a little bit excited to experience it for themselves. But right now it's only mine. And that's what the Balkans offers. And it's exciting. We know from our travelers, they like the opportunity to brag a little bit. And this itinerary pulls so many bragging opportunities into one incredible, I think it's a 14 day or 15 day tour. Definitely something to check out. I'm going to try and get on that itinerary as well. Some itineraries that we talked about for Black Friday that were really big was the wilderness of Southern Africa, I think was in our top 10. People really want to go. In 2025, we have Namibia and South Africa, epic landscapes and wildlife. And I think I'm really, really excited about that. And I love seeing that we are expanding upon our South Africa product. 100%. Africa and safari tours are where it's at. It is I don't know if this is the revenge travel that we were talking about or people during COVID or, you know, even slightly post-pandemic didn't feel comfortable going that far from home. But now these tours are almost completely sold out for 2024. It's exciting to see how well they're doing. And I didn't know that you could do a safari by cruise. Who knew that? I think we always think safari or think you are in some type of a Jeep, you know, with your camera ready. And we still do the Jeep experience on these tours, but we also get into these little tender boats. I mean, you kind of want to be close to a hippo, right? You forget about the hippos. You think the gazelles and the, okay, yeah, Kelsey's not super excited about, but they actually are extremely violent and dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Super, super. (laughs) close, but we get kind of close. But if you are into ornithology, which is taking birds and things like that and aquatic bird life, this safari is for you. And of course, if you're into hippos, this safari is for you as well. So there's something about being able to get on the Jeep and do the traditional Jeep tour safari, but then also from your cruise boat, get into some of these tender boats and see elephants in the water and be a hundred feet away from them, be slightly more than a hundred feet away from the hungry, hungry hippos. And then also the incredible bird life as well. So we're very excited about this tour. It's doing extremely well. And then yeah, Josh, Namibia, what an amazing history and definitely one of those bragging right bucket list destinations. This is a place that we typically see travelers who have done the East Africa safaris, the Kenyas, the Tanzanias. They've done the Southern Africa parks, Chobe. They've done Cape Town and Stellenbosch. And now they're ready for that truly wild coast of Namibia. And there's so much history there from the German colonization, the mining towns that were about probably 200 years ago now, 150, 200 years ago, these booming German mining towns that are now completely abandoned, slowly being taken over by the desert. But you go in there and you walk through actual ghost towns and it's a very special place. So we're excited to be introducing this as well. So I clearly with Montana and the trees and Maine and moose, I am a person who really enjoys vistas and landscapes and also food and a good Malbec. So I heard that there is a new South America tour that I feel like would just check all of those boxes for me. 
Definitely, definitely. This is a great essential South America tour. It's a small group explorations tour, so maximum of 24 travelers, nine days, a great overview and introduction to South America. It spends two nights in Chile, Santiago, two nights in Mendoza, Argentina. So that's your wine there, Kelsey, right there. These unbelievable vineyards, beautiful, yummy, yummy wines. And then four nights in Buenos Aires. One of the things that I was told on these tours is when you're in Buenos Aires, of course, the the thing to do there is a tango lesson, right? This is the home of tango. And that's what most travelers do. And we do do that on this tour, but we also take our travelers to the local tango clubs. This is where the locals go and the locals dance. So after we've had our lesson and we've learned a little bit, we're still probably going to look like idiots, but you know, we're feeling good and ready to get out there. We've had some of that amazing wine. We, We take our travelers travelers to these local clubs and really immerse with the people. So those are the types of experiences that we're weaving into the itineraries because it's what our travelers want. Yes, they want to do the traditional tango class, but then they want to get out there and really engage with the local people. That sounds amazing. That sounds so great. Like honestly, that sounds like a really great tour. It is. That one might be my favorite. Four nights in Buenos Aires. I mean, Buenos Aires is one of the iconic cities of the world. To do it, you know, with two nights just doesn't do it justice. So we give it the four nights that it 100% deserves. So a big year for 2025, I see on the list here, is it's the 2025 Jubilee, the holy year. So we having a special tour that's going out just this year or in 2025, I should say. Yes, the Pope has called for a Jubilee and I don't know all of the details of it, but you visit these seven churches and you walk through these seven doors, these seven portals basically. And I think you have to be genuinely remorseful, but there's something about all of your sins are forgiven. What's the indulgence? You visit the seven pilgrimages churches. And when you cross through the doors of these seven pilgrim churches, you're granted indulgence during the holy year. So it's a cool tour. I personally love tours that just are once in a lifetime or they feel like they're once in a lifetime. They don't come around very often. You know, we have every 10 years, the Oberammergau Passion Play or this year in 2024, Memorials of War in honor of the 80th anniversary of D-Day. So these tours, they come and you can't expect to repeat them. They're not going to be there the next year. I think that's always fun to kind of be able to be a part of that. Absolutely, Nicole. This is a very exciting experience. I was talking to some of my girlfriends about going. We we love the idea that it is set in Rome. So it's a very, obviously, holy city, the eternal city. So there is time to reflect, to obviously visit the holy sites, to walk through the seven doors, but also enjoy the best that Italy has to offer and to do it at a really great pace because you're unpacking once and enjoying the best of Rome. So I know that we could talk for hours because there's still so many new tours that we haven't even touched upon and we'll definitely put all those out. But I kind of want to end with one tour that I'm excited about that we've been really promoting a lot lately. And it's right here in the US and I think it's going to be a fantastic tour. It's the historical Greenbrier. And I know you're very passionate about that, Diana. So I thought this would be a great way to kind of end our new tours. We'll obviously post all the others. We'll probably have more podcasts on a lot of these great tours that are out there. But if we want to just kind of talk about the historical Greenbrier and why it's so wonderful. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up, Josh. We kicked off my part of this podcast here talking about the amazing places to see in the United States. And the Mid-Atlantic is just rich with history and culture. And of course, one of the most amazing hotels in the country, which is the Greenbrier Resort. And a great feature that we include when we're there 
is this unbelievable bunker that was up until I think the 90s, no one even knew about it. It was a leak that somehow got out. But this was the place where, you know, during the Cold War, in case anything happened, this is where the president, the Congress, the Senate was going to go and be protected. And so there is an underground city that everything from hospitals, there's an operating room down there, there's enough sleeping for well over a thousand people, and it's still intact today. And so we go and do the tour there. So we spend two nights at the Greenbrier, lots of free time to enjoy that amazing properties, amenities. And in addition to that, you get to spend two nights in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, touring around and seeing the amazing monuments and visiting some of the Smithsonian museums. George Washington's house, Mount Vernon, is a must. If you haven't seen that, we we go out there and that's amazing. And one of my favorite places, I went two or three times when I was young. I actually went with Nicole. She and I went together with my mother to Colonial Williamsburg. And that is such a gem. It is such a gem. And so we spend two nights in Colonial Williamsburg. This is a great itinerary. And again, beautifully paced. You're not moving too, too far, but it's very rich in inclusions and history and all amazing things Americana. So we're very excited about this tour. Well, I'm excited because we started in the Mediterranean. We head over to the Sequoia trees. We went up to Canada, back over to Europe, down to South America and Africa. There's obviously so much for so many of our listeners to really navigate towards. There's really a tour for everybody. As you see, we have so many great new tours starting in 2024, 2025 and beyond. And I just want to thank Diana. You're obviously a wealth of knowledge and we could have you on here for hours. It feels like we've already been on here for hours because you just have so much to talk about and there's just so many great experiences that we can dive into. Thanks for having me guys. Kelsey, good luck with the moose. I see you in 2024 in some type of tender boat on a main lake just praying. <laughs> the year of the moose, I think. This is the no, year, of the, year the of the moose. Bison. We're changing. We're moving on. We're moving on. Diana, like Josh just said, you're a wealth of knowledge. I could listen to you talk for days. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing all about the new tours that are coming up. There's so much being developed for next year that's launching this year that just launched. So it's an exciting time. Definitely. So I know at the end of each episode, you remind your listeners of one thing to pack. I was recently in Morocco and one of our travelers packed a wine Yeti and so they could have their wine with them, you know, whenever they wanted. So for this sip and saunter that I was telling you about as we're going to walk through the Sequoia forest, you know, have your reusable wine Yeti ready to go and a bottle opener. I love it. Thank you, Diana. Thanks so much to our listeners for joining us as we talked about new tours for 2024 and 2025. We are so excited. Let us know where you would like to go. Also, let us know ideas that you have for the podcast this year. We are so excited to kick off our second season and we can't wait to see where it's going to bring us this year. So definitely like, subscribe, and join us next month. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. And don't forget to pack your Yeti. Bye.